listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. As regular listeners are aware, we talk to people who use medical cannabis for numerous health issues, and some have even been told by their doctor to go to hospice for the final weeks of their life. However, through the use of medical cannabis, they've persevered and survived. Today we're talking to a woman who was involved in a very serious motor vehicle accident in 1999, and has lived through excruciating pain, along with a whole host of other problems. And joining us from Ontario, Canada, to tell her story is Peggy Kennedy. Peggy, thanks for doing this. We greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Take us back to the car accident in March of 1999, and tell us what happened. Well, my memories uh, of that were fleeting because I was in and out of consciousness for many days. I remember coming to uh, and not knowing where I was because I couldn't see. I later found out the reason I couldn't see was because there was blood everywhere. Um, The side of my head had been, right side of my head had been ripped open and my ear severed. So there was blood everywhere. And uh, I knew something was wrong. Um, And then I could hear voices. Over the next several days, things were sketchy. I remember waking up in the hospital and I kept thinking there was a teddy bear beside me. But, um, that teddy bear happened to be an internal specialist who, every time I came to, was either sitting there looking at me or asleep, sitting up beside me in a chair. And he looked like a big teddy bear. After days of being unconscious and whatnot, uh, eventually, when I did come to, um, we got a lot of problems in our medical system. Uh, there were people coming at me about my husband who was in intensive care with a catastrophic brain injury, fighting for his life. I had people wanting to come and get me to do jumping jacks, but nobody looking after me. So after about two weeks in the hospital, I left uh, with the help of, I can't remember if it was my sister or sister-in-law, but one of them. And I went to my GP, who took one look at me and sent me for x-rays. From that, he made a few phone calls. And I met a neurosurgeon within five hours of meeting the neurosurgeon. They discovered my neck was broken in three places. But they did a titanium fusion from C2, it's hooked on at the axis, to C7 down the right side to hold my head back together. And then I started in with surgery to reconstruct my right shoulder. When the surgeon was finished with it, he told me that when I heard on the news that they could turn hamburger back into steak to call him and he'd do some more work on my shoulder. So from those injuries, which were the worst of what I sustained, I mean, I had all of my teeth broken, micro fractures, all my ribs broken, my right hip damaged, my left or right arm broken as well as uh, wrist. I mean, we could go on and on. But through the years of rehabilitation and uh, until 2005, I was still undergoing multiple surgeries to repair what they could of the structure. In the end, I was left with a structure that from sitting, standing or using my arms, I'd collapse, have to be packed in ice and filled with meds until the inflammation was down and I could start moving again. I started, and different people had had mentioned to me that I should try cannabis. I tried smoking it, and that didn't work. 
And I didn't really know what else to do. But when I asked my doctors for help or advice, I was basically told that don't bring this up. We're not going there. And I was on 380 milligrams of morphine. It was my lifeline. Without it, I would have committed suicide if I didn't outright die from pain, if that's possible. But I absolutely know that I would have killed myself by any means possible, whether it was jumping off the second floor here or any other means. So I wasn't going to do too much to rock the boat in the fact that I had to have my meds to stay alive. Eventually, my girlfriend was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I started helping her to research what she could do and discovered that cannabis and eating cannabis could help me. So then I started really fighting with my doctors. I also took a hit to the head and a stroke. And another neurosurgeon said to me, have you considered eating cannabis? And I I lost it and said, you considered it. I'm trying to get somebody to give me a script so that I can do it. And they keep sending me back to my GP. Finally, another specialist took pity on me, and he told me to Google Jack Kungle, which I did. I met Jack that very day, and he educated me on the endocannabinoid system, showed me where else to research, because foolishly I had stayed with, you know, Canadian Medical Association, American Medical Association, British, um, the Lancet, things like that. Anyway, after that, my GP finally came on board, and then the fight to get the quantity of cannabis I needed began, and my journey began. So I started consuming cannabis, and lo and behold, when I got to 15 grams a day, the most biggest miracle of miracles happened. The inflammation stopped getting to a level when I used my arms and, and sit and stand that I could now have a bit of a social life, right, and listen to Jack's band play, do something more than make dinner and clean my body up. Uh, all because cannabis is keeping that inflammation at bay, enough for me to start to have a life again. Yeah, Peggy, just before you uh, before you go on, 15 grams a day is a huge amount. How are you consuming this? Well, I consume it in a lot of ways. I make um, full extract cannabis oil. Uh, I make coconut cannabis oil. I make a tincture that I use vegetable glycerin for to make. I also use it as suppositories. Um, I smoke it, I vape it, um, I, I decarboxylate it and put it in capsules if I can keep my arms working long enough to do it that way. It's my least favorite. My favorite way is to use the full extract cannabis oil, and that's just simply because I can get a higher dose faster. Are you getting high when you do that much? No. no. And um, if you've lived with pain, you know that if you take a pain pill, it takes the pain away. But you also know that if you take a pain pill and it takes the pain away and there's a little bit extra there and you get high, that you're going to get addicted. When I was on 380 milligrams of morphine, uh, I was terrified. I did not want to be addicted to that. Dr. Chakabarthi, who's the best neurosurgeon I've ever met, he told me that if I took the pills and there was extra left over and I felt high, that the quantity was too high, lower it before you've taken three doses so that you won't get addicted. And I did that throughout the years of taking 380 milligrams of morphine to weaning myself down and eventually on to 300 milligrams of tramadol and Percocets for breakthrough pain. And when I weaned myself all of, off of all of that and onto cannabis, it, I did it the same way. You gradually bring the dose down and gradually brought the cannabis dose up until my body was functioning without the, the opiates. 
And uh, and then, lo and behold, like I said, the largest surprise was about six months into fully eating cannabis and not taking the opiates. That's when when uh, the disconnect stopped. Now, don't misunderstand. I can make it disconnect. You know, I push myself every day to try and do a bit more. Um, I test my limitations all the time. What this has done for me is allowed me, like I said, to go out and sit long enough or dance and um, uh, to go out for dinner, things like that, and not be a hermit at home or completely useless that I needed my 80-year-old mother to open the door for me. Peggy, when you first started taking cannabis, did you have to take the full 15 grams before you actually felt relief within your body? No, not at all, actually. I started to feel relief, I want to say, about a month into consuming it. And I started very small, very small. People ask me that a lot, actually. You don't know, and everybody's endocannabinoid deficiency is different. Everybody's pain is different. Everybody's health problem is different. Everybody's wired differently. So I started small, and I gradually worked up. I'd have to say that I was um, I was on seven grams before I was significantly like halfway down on on the opiates, halfway through them. I was definitely feeling better. So the other thing which I haven't mentioned is part of another reason the doctors came on board is because in 2009 they started removing benign cysts from me. And I eat clean. I've got a relatively good diet. They look like cancer, act like cancer, but good for me, it's not cancer. Started with my bladder. In my bowel in May of 2015, they took out a 35-centimeter tumor. All of these off scar tissue from previous surgeries from the accident, all of these locations. Now, with the cannabis, so far so good, I've had no reoccurring cysts. I've got a surgery coming up, which will verify that again, that they're still not there, and another one next year that will verify that they're still not there. And again, that's cannabis. Taking overdose levels of Advil and all these other medications is killing me. And all the doctors did was argue about it. The one says, well, she can't live without it. The other one says, yeah, but we're killing her. Wow, you've been been through a lot. Can I ask you, the cannabis that you're doing, is this a high THC? Like when you say you're doing a concentrate, say an oil form, are you doing a high THC or a CBD THC balance or a bit of both? Or what exactly are you I doing? Do I do it all. Um, largely, access problems have been a huge, huge issue for me. So to a certain extent, you take what you get. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have learned is that when you're in pain, you need cannabis with THC, and that is the easiest one to find. But I'm a firm believer, and when I make my own, uh, that I do long extracts because I want all of the terpenes and cannabinoids and everything that's in the plant. Uh, And I believe in that because to date, there's so much out there that we don't know. And I want the full benefit of the plant. I don't want to take a chance that just because when I use a sour diesel, I uh, it works. Well, so do, so do all of them. I've tried one-to-ones. I've tried high THCs. Like I said, I take what I can get. They all work. And, uh, and like I said, coming back to the level of being high, if I want to get high, I have to consume an awful lot more than 15 grams. Mm-hmm. You know, let's face it, who doesn't like to get high now and again? Yeah. Sure. Um, how, so when you're making, say, a, an oil up, how long do you actually soak the uh, plant for? Well, I've tried various different things, but I've learned through Jack that you're best to do it 21 days. 21 days? Yeah. Wow, interesting. That way you're getting 
everything that you can out of that plant. And you're soaking it in what? In um, a grain, a grain alcohol. alcohol. Okay. You know, um, grain alcohol. You know, is is better, but you know, again. Just going to say, the Jack Kungle you refer to is the fellow we interviewed on episode 41 here who cleared himself of bladder cancer, much to the amazement of the medical profession. Peggy, you have, besides... Sorry, what was that? Prostate cancer as well. Prostate cancer as well. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, Jack had a lot of problems, but yeah, he's like Corey. I mean, he tirelessly helps other people, right? Oh, he's amazing. Oh, as are you. Like, Aww, you guys you. different parts of the country, but you're both doing the same thing, uh, educating and passing on what you've learned in your own struggles to help other people come up behind with struggles. I, all I can say is I just wish I'd met you guys long before now. Corey's mentioned this uh, on uh, a number of occasions. When she had her cancer, there were very few opportunities and resources available to discover this weren't there Corey? yeah yeah i was pretty much on my own i just had the run from the cure video and uh phoenixtears.ca there weren't the facebook groups or anything back then yeah well that was me i mean there was nothing in 1999 but i was also busy fighting for my life and my husband with a catastrophic brain injury fighting for his life and caregiving and helping him or as he likes to say together we make one person uh-huh. um uh, fighting to, to do those things. I didn't have the resources and, uh, and whatnot. And as I said, foolishly, I stuck to Canadian medical, uh, American medical, the Lancet, things like that. And they weren't talking about it. And as you said, I didn't meet other people. So to me, it was, um, you know, getting the connection and meeting the right people to point me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I had not thought to eat it. It's not that, 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 you know, people hadn't said, hey, try smoking cannabis. Smoking cannabis didn't fix my disconnect problem. Yeah. You know, that's not what I need. I, I need to eat it. Peggy, how do you feel today? Um, pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I, uh, I had a good night's sleep. I went to bed at 7 o'clock. You know, when you sent us your uh, a little bio of yourself and, and some of the the ailments that you had, I don't think I've ever read anything from anyone who's had so many things wrong with them. And I was, <laughs> I mean, you just tell me all the time. They also tell me that they they've never met somebody that's been through so much and still smiles and finds the glass half full. Yeah, it is absolutely amazing. Tell us some of the other issues you've had to deal with besides the the, the spinal issues from from your car accident and uh, the cysts in your was it your bowel, bladder and bowel, bladder yeah. and bowel. What are some of the other issues that you face? Uh, well, like post-traumatic stress disorder, caregiver burnout, celiac disease, the ribs, having multiple broken ribs makes it difficult because it affects your breathing, you know. Um, I was also born with a, um, a posterior mitral, micro, mitral valve prolapse, which didn't seem to be a big deal to me, but it's a heart problem, which means if you get an infection, it can stop your heart. So and I've got allergies up the yin-yang, things like that. Um, with strong scent allergies, I'm allergic to a lot of medications, which were obviously discovered between 1999 and, and when I stopped taking them all together. So, I mean, those are the, the biggest things. I mean, most of those things are with you every day. 
So you learn to cope. Um, you know, I allow myself, if you're having a bad day, allow it. You know, but the key word is day. You know, you've got to catch the signals so you don't spiral yourself um, into a depression. I've long since, at one point, I took uh, antidepressants. And then we came to the conclusion, my GP and I, that getting depressed over my husband's catastrophic brain injury wasn't really a reason to drug me. So we stopped doing that. And I started using music, getting out in nature, staying positive, uh, being spiritual, meditating, all of these things to just be upbeat. And, and I mean, you know, in the end, and Corey knows this, when you're faced with cat- something catastrophic in your life, you either roll over and die or you get up and fight to live. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I noticed, too, a couple of other things that you mentioned were uh, that you had celiac disease and osteoporosis and some yes. arthritis. Yes, and actually the cannabis. Um, I've had uh, bone density this year. My bones are holding o- holding their own. My vitamin D was a little low, so I do take a vitamin D supplement. But the cannabis is holding my bones for the first time. All of the medications that I took were not holding my bones stable. And again, largely because of the celiac disease, right? So I'm finally stable. And I was diagnosed with osteoporosis at 39. Uh, This is really good at 57 to finally be stable. In terms of uh, celiac, well, again, that's, you know, you've got to not just regulate your diet in terms of the gluten, but like any diet, you've got to take out all the crap, right? Yes. You asked about another way I use cannabis. Karen Bellier and I used to make skin creams and various things and sunscreen and all that kind of stuff. And I started adding high doses of cannabis to it. And I use that as an outward cream for various arthritic joints. And just this morning, my lower back was pinched and my right leg had shooting pain going down it, you know, from whatever nerve it is that from the damaged right hip. And I rubbed that on and within 20 minutes, you know, hallelujah, problem over. I mean, I, this stuff's better than Advil. I mean, and, and, and of all these other things you can either buy or get prescribed, uh, you know, Advil is good with inflammation. The cannabis creams, whether you eat it and uh, rub it onto you, there is nothing out there better. Nothing. Peggy, were your doctors understanding at all about your use of cannabis? No, um, but I'll tell you, my GP, when I went into him armed with what Jack taught me about going go in and ask him to talk about the endocannabinoid system, to my doctor's credit, he pulled up a chair and sat down and said, okay, let's talk. From that point on, he agreed to back me which meant he started sending the referrals and the, you know, the information that the doctors need to see just exactly what's wrong with me. That's where my fight began, which was a fight to get a prescription to take enough and, uh, and then to, you know, finally secure a prescription to produce it myself because I'm, I'm going broke, right? How do you help other people with uh, their issues and uh, their desire to try cannabis? Well, if somebody asked me, like I did a, I did a, um, um, a green thinking symposium in town. So if people come and ask me how I've done it, what doctors I've went to, or what ones I recommend, mm-hmm. or more importantly, how to approach their GP about it, I've absolutely answered that. But what I find, quite honestly, is that most people that are seriously looking at cannabis, at least that I've come across, have cancer, and they want to talk to the cancer survivors. You know, but I'd be more than happy to pass on to people that have, you know, like, as Jack says, there's not a lot. I don't know too many people that have been run over by a truck and are still alive. 
I had a pain specialist say that to me and apologize because he told me he was in practice because of other issues. And he said, you know, there's not too many people that are either not quadriplegic or dead with what you've been through. So for me, no matter what you've been through, pain is pain. It's real to the individual. And none of us can live with it or function at our best with it. And I would tell anybody uh, how to go about it, what doctor to talk to, um, uh, if they want to try strains, like I said, with pain. Uh, my experience has been you just have to find the cannabis and then just eat it. Yeah, and when you talk about pain, one of the things I heard someone mention is you can't describe pain to someone else because it is so individualistic. Uh, pain to you may not be pain to me. Pain to me may not be pain to you. And uh, pain is something that we feel in our system. Let me give you an example. I occasionally go to a chiropractor because my back goes out and I get pain down my left side, and it makes me crabby. But you you experience probably something like that every single day and have since your accident. Well beyond crabby. When my neck disconnects, my bowels let go, my stomach lets go, so I'm vomiting and diarrhea. I can't be moved. I need ice packs and up until uh, cannabis, uh, I needed Advil like to, for inflammation and I can't be moved, uh, period. So th- there's no question. And everybody who's close to me, unfortunately has dealt with that when i've you know either agreed to do a favor and then to their horror this is <laughs> this is what resulted because they didn't really understand how far i can push the sitting standing or using my arms right people don't think that you know i spend three days in bed to to go to go out and do something or or uh, the prep work for it cannabis is changing all of that you know i didn't have to other than going to bed at seven o'clock last night but uh, I didn't have to do anything to prepare for today because I can sit in this chair okay uh, and not just recline. I mean, I drive because I can recline behind the wheel of the car. So, yeah, disconnected. And, I, I mean, lots of people have been out there and had an, uh, um, an episode of pain where the pain was so bad they lost consciousness. Well, that's what that's what happens. You're lucky if you lose consciousness before your vomit and diarrhea starts, right? I was going to ask you how you feel sitting in the, the chair today. I'm okay. As you can see, it's a low back. Yeah. I can't do anything high. And my butt's right up at the edge, so I'm somewhat reclined. And this is the position I do. So, oh, okay. I'm, so and if you lean forward, then there's, it's discomfort. Yes. Well, my neck doesn't, when it's straight up and down, it rubs at, at where it joins on the bottom, and it rubs where it joins on the top. So movement is what I do the best. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, because although it's moving it's not staying in one area to pound 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 peggy what was the darkest days what were the darkest days for you before you started cannabis every day the darkest days were were when um you're asked to get over something and my response back is you can't get over something unless you start to heal you know, it's like if somebody's taking a baseball bat and beating you across the head constantly with it and saying, get over it, buddy, you're not going to get over it until they stop hitting you with the baseball bat. And that's what cannabis is for me. Cannabis is the baseball bat's gone. And now I can really start to heal because I can start to have a life. My life isn't going to the doctors, um, trying to make sure they don't forget how sick I am you know, spending time in bed or reclined, laying around watching movies so that I can go out and go to a family reunion or go to visit somebody. 
you know, and then you go out and people say, oh, aren't you over that yet? And again, mm. comes back to baseball bat, right? And again, everybody's been there, done that. And pain does that to you. Are the doctors amazed at uh, your state of health today? Yes. The doctors who were skeptical originally, are they more accepting now? My GP is probably one of my biggest supporters. Um, uh, He's been amazing, and yet he was an obstacle for a decade. He's even told me that the reason he was an obstacle was his own ignorance, his own misconceptions, what he'd been, you know, taught to believe. Now, he would never be a supporter of smoking because of the lungs. He's not a supporter of recreational, but he is absolutely a believer that uh, medical cannabis used right can get you off prescription drugs and improve certain health conditions because he sees it in me. I'm off all of the medications. Um, I'm doing better. My health tests are coming back better. Like the evidence is in is in the medical testing they do. It's in, his comment about uh, smoking it is interesting because we interviewed a woman last week who had some serious health issues, and I asked her if her family uses it, and she said yes. Her husband, who had asthma for 30 years and was on two medications every day for 30 years, started smoking it, and his asthma went, and he's no longer on medication. Yeah, I've heard that about the vaping. Um, I think the concerns on, like, again, with, with a lot of the doctors, there's more learning. My personal position is is that every doctor who's paid to go to school to become a Ph.D. doctor, they have an awful lot invested, and they should be freely educated on the endocannabinoid system and cannabis and brought up to speed on it at no charge. They've already paid to go to school. It's not their fault that they weren't taught everything. You are a great advocate for cannabis, and uh, you've, you probably know more than anyone in the medical profession today, <laughs> because uh, with, ex- with a few exceptions, one of the exceptions is a doctor we interviewed in Victoria who teaches other doctors about the use of cannabis, and he's a big proponent on patients using cannabis, but it is going to be a long struggle for doctors in the medical profession to accept it because the huge obstacle in the path of the the medical profession's accepting of this is big pharma. There's just too much money in it for big pharma. Well, that's exactly what they're trying to do, let's face it, with these LPs. They're trying to bring it all into big pharma, so it's all the same thing. It's just going to own something different. And uh, I'm dead against this. Uh, I think there's a place for everything as far as I'm concerned. And every sick person. I mean, some people want to grow their own because they want the benefits and the and the um, medicinal benefits of gardening. Plus, they need the, the relief in their wallet. Other people are busy. Maybe what's wrong with them, they still have a busy career. They're not disabled and unable that way. And they want the convenience of going to a dispensary and picking out what type they want, what what strains, what, what varieties. Um, so to me, there's there's a little bit of everything available in that aspect. Um, unfortunately, I think it's greed that gets in the way, period. Do you grow your own, Peggy? I have um, finally, finally, finally um, secured both a doctor who is both willing to give me a script for the 15 grams a day that I need to keep that disconnect away and supply it as a script so that I can produce my own. So I am, uh, as we speak, waiting for it to arrive from British Columbia to me here in Ontario. This is the 
the best news that's happened to me since since being able to go on cannabis. Because as I said to to a friend of mine, it's like now let's my wallet start to heal. <laughs> yeah. and I've been honest with the doctors. I can't afford forty five hundred dollars a month from one LP. I have acquired cannabis illegally and legally through the LPs and through dispensaries in various parts of the country wherever they would recognize my script and sell to me. And I've done that because I won't go backwards. I have to have this plant. And now that I'm finally going to have access, I will now grow it myself. So I've fought long and hard and put myself out there and spent a lot of money to get to this point because I want to be legal. I want the respect of the people that are in my lives and the people that I care about. Are there any specific strains that are of more benefit to you than others? I'm still experimenting. I mean, there's there's a you know long list of things and a long way to go. At the moment, blueberry is one of my absolute favorites, but I'm just starting to try a sour diesel, and I'm really liking that right now. Um, I have a tincture I've made from a push, and it's the best tincture I've ever had. So, you know, right now, that's three, and they're they're very different, right? Yeah, the three just mentioned um but but i like all three of them using them in different ways at this point do you see what i mean yeah because it depends on what i had and what i made you know i the tincture i use well that's my husband has catastrophic brain injury and we have started experimenting and going that route with him after treating my stroke acquired stroke uh even though it's all these years later with my husband's brain injury we chose to back the meds out that really weren't working anyway or certainly not addressing the problems that I have with this brain injury. And we introduced cannabis. Now, my husband doesn't like the taste of anything in any way, shape, or form. And under no, any circumstances will he be willing to, to get high. I mean, he won't take a sip of alcohol. He won't do anything that would damage his uh, ability to use his faculties. Mm-hmm. Um, the tincture is what he likes. So in our experiments, we're starting very 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 slow with him like literally one drop started with that and working up and we're still dealing with that experiment um so far what i've seen in that is that he doesn't need the meds we took him off he's feeling so much better um we're managing the sort of anger issues he has and you know what he's much more aware of his surroundings and things around him so all in all i think his brain's healing whether there's a way to measure that beyond both him and i seeing benefits i don't know but that's an experiment we continue. I will continue to to go on because everything that he can do to enhance him and he's a miracle already is good for him, right? Peggy, it was wonderful to talk to you, and uh, I know in a few years you'll be running the Toronto Marathon. Well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> to see that I can uh, have a much better life uh, and continued improvement, yeah. and that's what I. Great. Thanks for your time, Peggy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Peggy. Just like to apologize for some of the hissing sound on Skype. Uh, Normally, Skype is pretty good, but uh, that connection with Peggy was somewhat problematic. But uh, she had a very important story to tell about her health and her use of cannabis. And so we hope that doesn't interfere with your listening. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.